What's going on, guys? This is the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony, and today I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Matt Graham, and our good friend and Hall of Fame member, David Esteban Richter. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Happy to be here. Back to back. We're happy to have you. Back to back. Once upon a time, not as I said pretty long ago, uh, me and David went to a Angels baseball game and saw, who was it? Was it Garrett Anderson and Vlad Guerrero hit back-to-back home runs? And like the bottom of the ninth inning, and we high fived a bunch of kids. It's a good time, a lot of fun, <laughs> almost as fun as having David on back to back episodes. Boom! We made some picks last week, and David, you of course ran away with it. You were bragging about that earlier, but Nate, Matt, and myself all tied, and therefore had to remove some nipple hair with wax or duct tape. Uh, Matt and I put some duct tape on our chest. We carved a hole out for the nipple. That was Matt's idea. My question to you guys is: What the hell is wrong with us? Yeah, I think I've only seen Matt's, but that was that was horrifying enough. So props to you guys. I mean, came through on the bet. I honestly thought I was going to go over what five in my picks last week. I ended up going four or five. Mm-hmm. The only one that let me down was obviously the Tennessee Titans, because uh, <laughs> of course they did. But yeah, I'm uh, really proud of you guys for following through on the bet. Uh, Matt, nipples looking good. I'm, I'm happy to see the the hole in the tape. I was scared <laughs> when you sent it out. I thought for sure we were gonna we were gonna have an ER emergency room story <laughs> about having to surgically put your nipple back on. So uh, I'm happy to see that you avoided that. Yeah, apparently it's common knowledge that the nipple rips off easier than the rest of it. I did not know this. What? <laughs> Christine was like, stop me prepping for it. And she's like, we're going to need to cut a hole in that duct tape. Otherwise, you're going to wreck your nipple. I was like, okay, you've had two kids. You breastfeed. I trust your nipple knowledge. So she came through clutch and uh, saved the day for both of us, Tony. So thank Christine. It wasn't my idea. It was hers. Thank you, Christine. Despite missing a decent amount of hair around my nipple, I had fun last week. And if you guys out there want to see those videos, they are up on Twitter. You can follow us at 58WKingPodcast or at GramTheMan69 to laugh at us as we rip hairs off of our nipples. All right, since David has returned, we've got the second installment today of David's Racing Corner. Here in a bit, but first, an NFC and AFC Championship round preview. So there's absolutely no way we can top the week of football we had in the divisional round. Three games decided by a last-second field goal, and then the Chiefs and Bills overtime thriller. Way too much kicker action, in my opinion. But for this week, we've got two matchups to get through. We're also doing another side bet, and we're going to pick five lines. So this is going to be any combination of money line, over, under, spread, or player props. And we'll go ahead and kick it off with the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. This line opened up at 7 For the Chiefs, with an over-under of 54, these two teams, they played each other in Week 17 at Paul Brown, where the Bengals won on an Evan McPherson field goal as time expired. Cincy is coming off a 19-16 win, sorry David, over Tennessee behind another four field goals for McPherson, but also a game in which the offensive line gave up nine sacks in total. The Chiefs, of course, won an overtime thriller that left the NFL community begging for an overtime rule change. I've got my pick, but who are you guys taking? All right. I just got to pick myself off the floor here after you mentioned Evan McPherson like eight times. Sorry. Uh, that guy's been living rent-free in my head. <laughs> uh, as far as the game goes, you mentioned the nine sacks last week. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans defense showed up and looked great. Their effort was wasted by a three-interception performance by none other than Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I think the lines are going to... The offensive line and the defensive line specifically, not the, not the betting lines. I think they're going to play a big part in this one. You know, if you watch the Bills-Kansas City game, 
Patrick Mahomes was doing his magic. He dancing everywhere. He was running everywhere. I just don't see Cincinnati being able to contain him. I think this one gets away. And maybe you see, you know, maybe you see a backdoor cover or something where since he makes it look close. But I actually have Kansas City covering. I have them covering pretty comfortably. So I've got that as one of my picks. I've also got the over 54 and a half. So I've got the final score as something like 38-24. Okay. I think KC is going to win by two scores. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Cincinnati Bengal fans have heard a lot this year. Game ended with an Evan McPherson field goal as time expired. I don't know how many games they won this year. Um, that being said, I'm not going to dance around the bush here. I'm going to get right to the nuts and bolts of this. And it is Joe Burrow gets sacked a lot. He got sacked nine times against the Titans. Per PFF, he's the second highest sacked quarterback <laughs> via pressure. So 27% of his pressures turn into sacks. It's ridiculous. Big Ben's just ahead of him. But that's because Big Ben gets rid of the ball. And Joe Burrow does not. He holds on to the yeah. ball. I think the biggest factor that's going to change in this game versus their last game is coaches make adjustments is what they do. Chiefs lost last game. They blitz Burrow a lot. And Burrow had a lot of free throws to Jamar Chase. Do not see that happening. Especially after the Chiefs just watched the Titans four-man rush their way to getting Burrow on mm-hmm. the ground. So I expect the Chiefs to throw some more personnel at Jamar Chase, limit his production, and in turn, limit the Bengals' offense. And on the other side, uh, it was nice that they picked off Ryan Tannehill three times. Um, they did a decent job against just Julio Jones. They couldn't do shit against A.J. Brown. <laughs> uh, and I don't think they're going to do shit against Tyreek Hill or Kelsey. I have this also being like a two-score lead and win for the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs, and I also have the over. Have them cover and have the over. Me and David are already in step. I know I made a joke <laughs> in the group text saying that I was going to take his picks. I had these picks planned out beforehand. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. Sorry, Cincinnati. All right. In that week 17 matchup, the Chiefs got to Burrow four times, but ultimately their pass defense led to 11 catches for 266 yards and three scores for Jabbar Chase. Huge game. They also had 10 penalties for 85 yards, which didn't help. And if you go back and watch that game, Matt kind of talked about this earlier, but the Chiefs were getting to Burrow with three and four-man rushes, much like the Titans. They don't have a reason to send five or six guys, so I expect Steve Spagnuolo to change things up in this rematch and for the team to play a cleaner game. And if that happens, the Chiefs head to another Super Bowl. I've got Kansas City, I've got the over, and I have Chase, over five and a half receptions. The other side has the San Francisco 49ers traveling to the Los Angeles Rams, where if Week 18 is any indication for us, The 49ers are likely going to have a road home game. The Rams opened up as three and a half point favorites with the over under at 46 and a half. In that week 18 matchup, the 49ers were fighting to get in the playoffs. They went down early, 17 to three, but outscored the Rams 24 to seven the rest of the way en route to a 27 to 24 win. Stafford threw two picks and the rushing game was largely held in check, averaging just 2.4 yards per carry. This time around, Stafford is coming off a three-touchdown, 366-passing-yard performance in a win against the defending champ Bucks. He looked good in that one while San Fran just took out A.A. Ron Rodgers for the fourth straight time in their head-to-head matchups in the playoffs. About the only thing the 49ers struggled with was containing Aaron Jones in the passing game, which he caught nine balls for 129 yards on 10 targets. The rushing game was quieted with 3.4 yards of carry. Rodgers only had 225 through the air, no touchdowns, so... Both these teams seem to be doing what they do best. Who do you guys have winning? As the only true Rams fan who picked them last <laughs> week to actually beat the Bucks, And I was embarrassed by that pick. I think I said on the last episode that I was feeling really embarrassed that I came on the episode just to look like a fool in front of America, <laughs> picking against Tom Brady in a Tom Brady-like spot. And uh, man, that really worked out for me. So 
yeah, I'm going to bang that drum again. I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take them to cover the three and a half. I think this one just gets away from the Niners. I, I like the Niners as a team. I think they're physical. I think they're athletic. Obviously, Debo Samuel's amazing. But that Rams defense looked great last week. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Akers tossing the ball on the ground multiple times, yeah. uh, you know, other mismanagements by the Rams, turnovers left and right, that game was a blowout as well. And that defense, I, I think I mentioned, you know, while we were watching the game, I'm like, I could watch this defense play all game with this fire. And I think they're just going to bring it to San Francisco. It's a home game in quotes for the Rams. I'm sure there will be a large Niner contingent there. But the Niners are still going to war with Jimmy G. He's got like a total of 250 yards passing and two interceptions, no touchdowns. The guy is a dumpster fire. He, uh, you know, shout out to Mina Kimes at ESPN for making me laugh uh, (laughs) with, uh, he's the guy who (laughs) gets an A in a group project not having done anything. I mean, I couldn't think of a better analogy. You know, I think this game just gets away from San Francisco they might score somewhere in the low teens, but I, I see the Rams scoring somewhere in the, the mid-20s. So I'm going to take the under as well. I don't feel great about it. I think the score that I'm looking at here is 27-16, which gets us to 43 points. The total is at 46. I think it's one of those games that just doesn't quite get there, and I don't think the 49ers have enough firepower to do anything about it. So speaking of Mina Khan, did you see Jeff Garcia's response out of left field? No. Oh God! Did he raise his hand as as being? <laughs> I don't know. For, yeah, exactly. He's. I love he felt, Jeff uh, Attacked. Tread lightly. I don't remember verbatim what he said, but basically, people who haven't played quarterback in the NFL shouldn't comment on other quarterbacks. And social media just exploded. So there's a lot of good stuff out there if you want to be entertained for a solid hour or two. So since we're on the Mina Kime subject, that was a hilarious tweet. Did you see her tweet during the Bills Chiefs game? Mm-mm. This is good quarterbacking. That was her tweet. But obviously, it's good quarterbacking. <laughs> you have a million followers. You can do so you no A million likes anytime you. And I, she's awesome. She's great in everything. She, everything she does that I've heard her on every podcast, her own content, her own articles and stuff. But it's like some of these people, man, they just feel like the need to tweet every five seconds. And it's like just you know maybe not. Maybe give us better. Like go back to the drawing board. Give us a few minutes. Come up with something more intelligent than you know like hey Jimmy G's the kind of guy who gets an A on a group project and didn't do anything. That's hilarious. But saying that this is good quarterbacking while the Bills and Chiefs are playing is not. I was listening to a tirade about it earlier. I was like, yeah, that's right. I mean, don't hate the player, hate the game, right? I know, I know, I know. Moving on to me. I'm going to talk about the Rams and the 49ers. You ready for this? Ready? Maybe. Rams. Cover. Under. The same shit that David picked. Are you guys the same all the way? No, I have an additional. Can I see your notes? Are you just following? Nope. I wrote my notes down before. I haven't even wrote your notes down because I don't have to because they're the same as mine so far. Here's the thing. Did you scribble them around your bald nipple? Is that what I mean? <laughs> Here's the thing. And it all comes down to, for me, it all comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback. And you can only make it so far in this league, specifically in the playoffs, when your dogs every your road dogs every week with a bad quarterback. It, historically, it's been proven year after year. I think the only time it was disproven was when the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. And honestly, they probably shouldn't have been dogs is how well stacked that rest of that roster was. It was ridiculously stacked because they had rookie quarterback contract in the back quarterback making next to nothing. It is what it is. Outside of that, you're paying Jimmy G a lot of money, but you don't even believe in him, right? The Niners traded three first round draft picks so they could draft Trey Lance. Who's sitting on the bench? Why is he sitting on the bench? It makes sense. To Jimmy G's credit, he throws the game that Shanahan asks him to throw. He doesn't question Shanahan's calls. He doesn't check out of Shanahan's calls. 
Shanahan says, throw it to this guy on this play, and that's what he does. So that's why Shanahan's going to roll with them. Keep doing whatever he's going to do. Going to lose this week, though. And my additional pick is I have the Garoppolo under 232.5 passing yards. I have the under on it. Okay. Also, quick note, I have the under on the game because I don't think it's going to get out of control. Score-wise, I think the Rams are going to win by at least three and a half, if not more, probably a touchdown. But I don't think they're going to score that much on their own because the Niners' defense is also playing out of their minds right now. So that's kind of an interesting thing going back and forth. I don't know. I don't believe in curses. I know that McVay and team have lost a lot of games in a row to the Niners. But Six. Yeah, they were up 17 nothing in that Week 18 game. And like McVay, on that touchdown, McVay like ran to the end zone and was celebrating with Higby and Stafford. Like, we finally did it! And then <laughs> Niners come back down, kick a field goal before the half, and then win the second. I did want to comment on the coaches. I know there's a lot being said about their familiarity and, you know, one owning the other, et cetera, et cetera. I think both of these guys get way too much credit. I mean, I don't think there are any good coaches in the NFL, to be quite honest with you. So every good coach that is sold to me, I'm like, okay, I I believe it for a little while. I've been watching Kyle Shanahan and uh, Sean McVay crap their pants Mm -hmm. pretty frequently and you know getting no flack so i i am actually nervous laying the three and a half and kind of you know thinking that the rams are gonna kind of walk away with this one handily because i don't trust either of these guys to to prep these teams you know i think first half of the tampa bay game was impressive the second half was an absolute dumpster fire and they deserve to lose that game i'm almost sad that they didn't i saw a funny tweet it was a gif and it was like me seeing a 27 to 3 score against tom brady and then it was like it keyed in uh, Taylor Swift. I think I've seen this one before. And I didn't like the ending. Yeah, I was a little nervous uh, going into halftime up by the amount of points we were up. I was not good. And it almost ended for the Rams the way it ended for the Falcons a few years ago. But I know the Rams have lost six straight against the 49ers. And I know I picked against them last week as a reverse jinx, which resulted in me ripping hair off my chest. But... They absolutely dominated the Buccaneers for about three quarters. If not for the four turnovers, which were not on Stafford, I think it would have uh, been a blowout easily. They would have walked away with it. But they also destroyed the Cardinals the week prior. So I think they're going to find success on the ground with Cam Akers this week, who wasn't really a factor in the Week 18 matchup. I think he was still getting up to speed. And then they'll have continued success through the air with Cup and OBJ. Uh, OBJ seems like he's getting better every week for the Rams, speaking of him. But I've got LA, and then I like the over here. All right, Matt, you've got everyone's lines, so what's the punishment, guys? Let's agree on it before we end this, or at least agree on a few options that we can put to a poll. Waiting on one pick from David. I had an extra pick for the KC game, but I was stashing it because I didn't want this Benedict Arnold over here to steal my pick. Smart. I don't even know if that's a good analogy. Can I tell you what my KC player prop was, just to see if we're the same, before you even say it? No. <laughs> no. Wait, what? Say it at the same time. Just go on three. Ready? Right, one. One. Two. two three. Three. Good housekeeping. Shit. Did we just become best friends? Yup. I, I heard Matt say something about Tyreek Hill. That was not my pick. Uh, it's it's over three passing touchdowns for Mahomes. So there's a possibility of a push here. But I man, I think he slings it. I think I think he gets four touchdowns. I see them scoring in the 30s. I don't know how they get there without him just going off. So mm-hmm. uh, let's let's see it happen. What was your Casey prop, Matt? I had two other props this weekend that I like a lot. Player props. I have Hill over. 77.5 yards receiving. Chase is actually the highest over under receiving in that game. And I like I can see a world 
where Kansas City devouts enough personnel to hold Chase and like carouse him in somewhat. I don't see a world in which Tyreek Hill does not have a good game against the Bengals. They just don't have the personnel to do it. And even if you have the personnel to do it, you still don't have the personnel to do it. The Bills supposedly have the personnel to do it. They got embarrassed. He, uh, as David is, is flagging me, he peace signed defenders 10 yards in front of him. Before he passed him. Yeah, that was funny. So good. So good. Anyway, so that's another one I liked. And then one more I liked for the Rams. I have uh, Beckham over four and a half receptions. I think that Shanahan and company do a good job of trying to shut down Cup. Like, that's what they did against Green Bay. Even though Devontae Adams had a somewhat good game, their game plan has been, for the last several games, is do some creative stuff up the up the line and then take away that first read to the quarterback. And then just hope you get home or hope that the, the yeah. second guy is Alan Lazard. Uh <laughs> And in that game, you saw a lot of checkdowns. A lot of checkdowns. But for the Rams, the second option is Beckham. And for all that's been said with him and the Browns and what his career could have been or might have been or isn't, and he likes to get f***ed on, and he hates he hates, uh, <laughs> he hates kicking practice nets and his dad's a little wild, Duke can still catch the ball. He's actually been balling out as a Ram mm-hmm. since he signed over. So I, I think he has a big game this week. So I'm taking the over on four and a half receptions. I can see it. Punishments. We had a couple of options, but some of them, like, I know that if we do the one that I recommended, everyone's going to vote for that because it's terrible. Sheer punishment and pain. We're not doing that. We're not doing yep. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so are we, just, are we just going with singing? We should just go singing, yeah. I don't know. I'm not doing it, so. Let the people vote. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. All right, so the options are, options are, one, whoever does the best picks a song for whoever does the worst to sing on film we're thinking a minute get a good yeah. chorus and a verse in call it a day get it on film get it tweeted out you can hear how not good at singing we are that's option number one that's one a option b i don't even want to say the other ones because we're not putting them to vote because that will happen okay so things we floated drinking a gallon of milk i'm lactose intolerant that's not happening i don't want to do that that's terrible two Hot food challenge. Hot food challenge. Yeah. We could do the Arby's Diablo Dare challenge. That can't be that bad. What is that? Arby's has a sandwich that's like super spicy and it's like the first, it's like a challenge. They said it can't be that bad. It's a fast food chain. We don't really have an Arby's out here. He doesn't have Arby's in Boston. This is like a this is like a fast food desert. Mm. That's good though. Arby's is terrible. You know what I told Josh when uh, I was watching the Cowboys lose to the Niners? I texted him and I said, um, Wow, seeing an Arby's commercial in the middle of a Cowboys game is like the most Josh Callis thing ever. And he's like, I don't even like Arby's. And I'm like, bullshit. According to my mind, you're the only person I know who likes Arby's. I know people who like Arby's more than him. However, I could have sworn he used to like smash on beef and cheddars. Is that like not a thing that I don't know where he would have got them? There's no Arby's in and around the Banning greater area. There are some in Ohio, I imagine. But so along the lines of singing about a minute, what if we act out a scene to a movie because I can easily throw a soundtrack to the to the movie. We have to read both parts. You record yourself responding, being the second, third person in the scene, and then we post that. Sure, let's do those two. The winner picks the movie, loser performs the scene. Copy that. All right, sounds good. Two options. Two options. Good. If I win and either of you lose, we're doing a scene, and you guys have to read scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. Just kidding. We'll do a Will Ferrell movie. How about that? All right. So, karaoke or theatrical reenactment those are your yeah. options people like i said i'm not losing so just give me something good to pick everyone could win though also we didn't pick that different like the only thing that we picked somewhat different is you took the over that's the difference on yeah. the rams niners game 
So either I'm doing it or both of you are doing it. David took a player prop that I didn't take, but we could both hit on our player props Mm because they're not contingent on each other. You know how I know Tony's losing? Because he took the over in the Rams game and they're going to need points at the end. And so it's kind of this reverse jinx, reverse fuck up, and you're going to screw yourself. That game's going under. They're losing and uh, you're going to have to sing. I thought about that game way too much. That's going to be the one that undoes everything. That's fine. I'm fine with making a fool of myself. So again, we post these punishments to the socials. So go watch us suffer if you guys are into that kind of thing. Let's go ahead and move on now to our next segment. that's david's racing corner last week david went through his top five driver names of all time and of course we all landed on the consensus number one trickle david what's in store for us this week thanks tony for that beautiful intro uh welcome back to david's racing corner this is the second installment of this weekly segment here to stay got a lot of praise for this segment over the week Uh, a lot of people enjoyed it a lot of likes on the socials so yeah This week, in honor of the incredible streak on Jeopardy by Amy Schneider, I don't know if you guys caught this, 40 straight wins ended last night in shocking fashion, but it was an incredible streak, almost as incredible as Sebastian Vettel's nine race win streak in Formula One in 2013. We're going to be doing a little bit of trivia today. We're going to test your knowledge on motorsport vernacular, on terms, Matt is not happy. He has no idea what's going to happen. Matt, do your best to give us a good answer. You know, whether it's a joke answer, whether it's a real answer, you might hit the nail on the head. I don't mm-hmm. know, but we're going to have a lot of fun here. Are you guys ready? As a note to the, the listener, we did zero prep work. Matt and I had no warning of what we were going to talk about exactly. So this is going to be a train wreck. Enjoy. Buckle up. Proceed with caution. I'm following a motion with the... Uh commissioner's office because i'm getting conflicting reports on we don't know anything who the fuck is we i know that i didn't know anything but apparently david told you what this game may or may not have been david what'd you tell me we were doing i told you we were gonna guess formula one and motorsport terms and i said do not look up any formula one or motorsport terms you told one of the most competitive people we know what he was gonna be okay it's fine i'm gonna lose anyway i didn't look it up and my answers are gonna reveal that i know nothing about formula one in racing vernacular let's do it i'm not that upset it just seemed like a good point uh drivers are you ready All right, so first up, this one's going to be an easy one. I think even Matt can get this one. It's a very common term around motorsport, and that is, of course, pole sitter. Now, Matt, tell me what you think a pole sitter is, whether that is in motorsport, in your own home, what have you. Don't raise your hand, Tony. We're not doing that. We've already established that we're going to go in order. And he called on me. So pole sitter has a lot of meanings, right? Um... It's what I. It's how I bide my time in the off season on Saturday nights, Sunday nights when I'm not watching football. I, I pull sit in racing. I'd imagine a pole sitter is somebody who's in pole position, first place, and kind of like goes like moves the side side of the track to prevent other racers from getting past them. Am I close? Uh, you're just about right on the pole. You're right on the head of the pole. 
balancing beautifully, <laughs> uh, glistening. You're oiled up. Yeah, you, you did a good job. You, you're about ninety five percent there, Tony. Do you want to? Do you want to maybe make it a little bit more specific? Do you have a an alternative answer? I mean, it's a good answer, and I'm not happy because this is bullshit. He gets all the easy ones. I see how this is going, but in most racing, I think all racing, you know, there's qualifying, and the dude who finishes first in qualifying is your pole sitter. So, is that what you're looking for? Yeah, we're gonna go one full point to Tony, and, uh, and like, give me a half point because I, I did miss the whole. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Give me a half point full pole. We're gonna give you <laughs> a 0.75, but all of your points are actually doubled because I'm pretty sure you don't know jack shit about <laughs> motorsports. So uh, we're gonna give you a little bit of a boost. Yeah, so you're, like you're up 1.5. I like the handicap. That was a good answer. I liked Matt's answer though. All of I it, everything about it. Is. It was poetry. I watched Talladega Nights. I don't polls. It was podcast poetry. All right, so that covers our first term. Our second term is uh, none other than the shunt. Shunt. Mm. Tell me what a shunt is. Oh, this is easy. This is an easy one. I know what a medical shunt is. Is that a heart procedure? Uh, it's something oh, they a do stint. during a heart procedure. That's a, That's stint, a stint, I think. Yeah. Shunt is very similar to a stint. It has an opposite. We were going to go with Tony's answer first, but you know, Matt's going in with the steel. So Matt, <laughs> tell me what a shunt is. Go ahead. A shunt. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try to do a serious answer here, but I don't think it's correct, but I'm going to try anyway. Is Do that it. where two drivers are vying for position and one driver shoots underneath the other driver to take the position? That is shunt? that is scary. That is dangerous. I like it. That is worth zero points. Oh, it's not a shunt. Okay. It's a maneuver. It's a blo- it's a blocking maneuver. This is easy. It is not. It is it is just a <laughs> it is a euphemism for uh, for crash. Actually, this might be an F one term. To be fair, what I described would lead to many a shunt. That's true. I think he deserves yes. partial points. That's fine. I don't need partial points. I already have. I think I'm the judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> and uh, although he was close, I'm calling bullshit on that. Um, zero points. Again, okay. this is bullshit. Matt gets all the easy ones. I would counter with we're all a little bit stupider after Matt's guess. So <laughs> <laughs> he's actually getting negative two points now that I think about it. Nice. No, he's he's just getting a flat zero. Matt, I love the answer. It was not correct. That's fine. That's fine. All right, moving on to our third term. This one is, uh, I think it's Formula One and maybe even driver specific, but that is the shoey. Can you tell me what a shoey is? I'm going to give Tony the uh, the first chance here. I'm going to let Matt marinate in that. When you're talking about terms, like I, I didn't look any up, but I was just trying to consider like what kind of stuff you'd ask. Like, is he going to talk about car parts? Is he going to talk? I, I figured pole sitter would be up there. Like, what what does the white flag indicate? But you're coming with some curveballs, and I don't know what this one is. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard it before. Matt, you got a guess? Oh, yeah. We all know F1 Motorsports is dominated by which country? America. Uh, Great Britain. Is it great? It's not. Italy does well in F1, do they not? Uh, they do okay. Uh, their teams are okay. They haven't had a driver win in a while. I just imagine Shoey is what somebody with an accent says to people who are trying to pass them. Like, Shoe! Shoey! <laughs> don't pass is that me! Shoey! Is that it? That, that is not it, but I love that answer. Uh, I'm going to, man, I got to write that down. That's amazing. I'm going to just put it in quotes. It's tough to put it in words, but just the look on David's face as we're answering or attempting to answer these questions is he's just shocked and bewildered at our lack of intelligence. No, it's beautiful. I love it. I, I didn't know how this was going to go. I didn't know 
what kind of answers I was going to get. I wouldn't know what Shuey was if I wasn't very familiar with it. Is that, hold on. Is that a, a nickname for Michael Schumacher? Like a Schumacher fan? That's a great guess. That is incorrect. Damn it. Uh, a Shuey is actually a celebration. Yeah, it's a celebration where, I don't know if this driver particularly came up with this, but he's famous for it. Uh, Daniel Ricardo, he's a, mm-hmm. a veteran uh, in F1, a much-loved F1 driver, and uh, when he's on the podium, occasionally he will take the champagne, take off his racing boot, pour the champagne in it, and then pour said champagne from the boot into his mouth, thus creating the shoe. That's not shoey, that's Das Boot. That is the second most disgusting win celebration that I've ever heard of. Do you guys know what the first one is? No. There's an MMA fighter. He's a heavyweight, I believe. And when he wins, he jumps up on the cage and people throw shoes at him and they throw a beer and he catches the shoe. He catches the beer. He opens the beer, puts it in the boot or shoe and just drinks it. That's a shoe. Disgusting. But it's someone else's shoe. It's someone else's foot. It's, it's a stranger. Boot. I feel like we're getting away from disgusting. It. I feel like we're still in from German culture. And I know that they're not technically allowed to defend themselves ever again, but I just leave it at that. We'll just push. So other people have drank from Daniel's shoe in the middle of the celebration. You know, passions are running high and emotions are there. And yeah, Lewis Hamilton is, has tasted Daniel's foot, which is terrible. So gross. Is it gross? It's disgusting. It's very gross. I've done some really nasty. I've done some really bad things when I'm very excited about what I'm doing. So I can only imagine, you know, winning something like that and getting a little wild. Get a little wild. I have to admit, I, I love motorsport. I love all of the pomp and circumstance. I hate the shoey, but I'm no fun. So. I just turned 35 this week, so or last week, uh, so I'm, I'm no fun anymore. All right, moving on from that disgusting term, we're going to, I'm just going to play it out there. What is a tank slapper? Uh, Matt, do you have any idea? All right, Tony's going in for the steal. I think we're I gonna go, We're going to go over to Coach's no, team. What do you got, Matt? You've, you've been stolen. No, you've been stolen from. God damn it. Well, I'm going to take my earbuds out because I want to hear what it is. Tank slapper. So, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like like war. Like, ah, oh, we just got this new tank, this this M1. This bad boy can fit so many cannons. I don't know. I don't know what you put a tank. Bullets? Bomb? I don't even know. But for racing, you think a fuel tank. I think when you say tank slapper, they're running low on gas. It's a pitch strategy. Final answer. All right. I will not comment. Matt, you're back in the game. Put the headphones in. I'm talking to him. He can't hear me. But. I was trying to give you thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, come back. No one did anything. So I just, right. I don't know. I don't run a podcast as a profession. <laughs> I am a guest. Neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My guess for tanks. Right, go ahead, Matt. And I thought immediately I had it. And the more I thought about it while Tony was giving his answer, I don't think my answer is right at all. But I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. It is the person. It is the person who's a part of the pit crew who's in charge of not slapping the tank but essentially like giving the driver the go ahead okay like hey get back out that's good that's a good guess that's a great guess and um i am shocked none of you got it right (laughs) uh he's not a tank slapper is a tank slapper is uh when you get when the rear of the car steps out uh, i think in f1 again these are probably all f1 terms but the rear of the car steps out you got a little bit too much nose get some oversteer and your tank slides out and your booty is getting in front of your head and your toes and it's not a good situation and uh sometimes it leads to a shunt so there you go i like both of our answers better so what was your answer tony uh i guessed it was like a pitch strategy like you're running low on fumes you want to slap the tank get the rest of the gas down there right into the engine 
That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to give... All right. I'm going to give a, a half a point to Matt for his answer because it was very entertaining. It was very good. They should actually have a tank slapper in the pit crew. Like, don't they, like, tap his helmet or slap the back of the car? Like, hey... Go. Like, don't they do something like that? It's like the hood of the car. It's like the front where you can see it, right? No, they slap something, man. I don't. I thought they slapped the tank. <laughs> they definitely don't slap the tank to make gas droplets drop. What, what, what? All right. We are not doing well at all. You're doing great. I mean, I am, I'm loving this so far. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. Maybe you'll have a little bit more luck with this particular term. And that is box. Or sometimes it's referred to, or colloquially, box, box, box. What does box mean? What does it mean to tell a driver to box? What is box in motorsport? That's what I said in my first answer. It's to keep somebody from passing you. It's to get wide. It's to go from side to side of the track. Just as if you would box somebody out in basketball, I'm assuming. So if you tell a driver to box, 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 that means there's probably another driver coming up on him, trying to take his position. Therefore, he must box that driver out. Yeah, my answer was going to be along the same lines. You're going on a turn, hug the inside. If the lane's to the outside, hug the outside. Something along those lines. You know, again, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed <laughs> by the imagination. I'm impressed by the, the responses. Oh, <laughs> the vocabulary that you seem to have that has nothing to do with racing at all. <laughs> um, but to box is to actually come into the pits. And I actually thought because we were talking so much about the pits before that you would just kind of like take the next step. And say, you know what? Boxing is to come into the pits, to box. It makes no sense. I'm trying to, I'm using the word in its own definition. I understand that. It's terrible. But yeah, box, box, box means uh, get your ass in the pits, bud. In hindsight, that makes a lot of sense. But with Matt's answer, like I revert back to sports and like or basketball or even football. Like you want to box the guy out, like get him, keep him behind you, right? So you revert to other sports. F1 is a sport. So when you say I revert to sports, <laughs> is it? Moving on. Turn Ferguson, take it away. They are, they are athletes, and it is a sport. Yeah, uh, that's debatable. That's for another episode. That's when I have you on my podcast. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Uh, this one I think you can get. If you know, if you're a good church-going citizen of the United States of America, you should know the story of Noah's Ark. What is Noah's Ark in reference to motorsport? Maybe even specifically F1. This is probably more specifically F1. Anybody? Tony, go for it. Well, I mean, Noah's Ark, synonymous with two things. Fitting a lot of animals on a ship. There's no animals in Formula One that I'm aware of. I don't watch a lot of Formula One. Are there goats and like dinosaurs and oh, rain? horses and stuff? I don't think there is. Horsepower. Yeah, there's horsepower. The other thing is rain. Like there's a ton of rain. So maybe it has to do with like putting rain tires on a car. Is that, am I close? I can't say. I can't say until Mac gives his I was answer. thinking, I was going to say it has to be water. Yeah. Right? It has, it has to but be. But you know what? There's no way it isn't. We're both going to either get this right or get it wrong, and that's not fun. So I'm guessing Noah's Ark is when some crazy old white dude who's a part of the pit crew or coaching staff tries to get, I have no idea. It's rain. It's got to be rain. It's rain. It's rain. There's rain. You're trying to tell your drivers that there's rain to prepare for rain. Something to do with rain. I'd like to retract both of my answers. Farm animals and rain. Can, am I allowed to do that? Yeah, because you just Googled it. Sure. Yeah, go I, didn't Google, I didn't Google it. What are you talking about? He is looking to the side. <laughs> I have notes to one side. That's what I'm looking at. So yeah, notes on the f answer. So I was thinking about it. Like Matt is 100% correct. There's one guy, and that's the diesel driver. 
Noah's Ark is the diesel that the team travels on. Final answer. How'd you take my dumb answer and make it worse? Uh, <laughs> I'm going with rain. He's going with diesel fuel. Let us know where we're at, Turd. Uh, you're both wrong. Uh, <laughs> I love the way your adorable little prepubescent minds are just... I can see the gears turning. I can see the creativity. <laughs> I can see your answers you know, drawn out and crayon on construction paper. It's it's really, really cute. <laughs> no, Noah's Ark refers to the fact that Noah's Ark, I, I think Tony was close when he was, you know, talking about animals. You know, they had, how many animals did they have on the Ark? Dozens. Two of each one. Two. So each Formula One team uh, has two cars, generally. And uh, if the grid is such that Mercedes two cars are in the, the first row and Ferrari's in the second, and Red Bulls in fourth and fifth, or fifth and sixth, et cetera, et cetera. They're two by two, baby. They're boarding that grid like Noah's Ark. And that that's what it is. That's the God's honest truth. Again, I prefer Matt and my answer for, for that question. I also have to thank you because I knew that we were going to be doing drivers, you know, doing your racing corner. And I knew that, you know, we're going to talk more about it. And so, like, I was thinking about, like, maybe getting into it. And then after hearing how ridiculous some of these terms are, I'm kind of, I'm not going to do it. So I really appreciate you. Uh, I know the whole goal is to like sell this to the masses. Not buy it. I'm just kidding. Actually, it's, I just don't like not knowing things. So continue. Is there more? So if you, if you think that's bad, when I talk about Formula One and I mention tires, I text people, I spell it with a Y. That is the, that is the British spelling of tire. And so if I'm talking to you about Formula One, I'll send you T-Y-R-E-S, and you're going to have to just live with it. I dig that. You f- won't. No. Is, there, no. is there any more terms? We already won this war, David. It's spelled with an I. We This was determined hundreds of years ago. We have one more term. Okay, let's go. We've got one more term. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten dinner yet. All right. The final term is backmarker. I could give you a clue for this one, potentially. No. I, I think it's more fun than if you don't give us clues. Yeah, no clues. All right. We're very, we're very confident in our wrong answers, so let's continue that. Pretty American quality. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to spit. To me, it's got to be last place. Whoever's in last place while they're racing, they mark the back of the field, so they're their back marker. That's it. They're in last place. Right. That's what I'm going with. Tell me what you got. So I think in Formula One, there's like a position, like a last position that gets points, and that's what I'm going to say the back marker is. If it's like the 10th position is the last one who gets points for that race, that's what I'm going with. Final answer. You know, I've been blown away on this podcast before. <laughs> We're wrong again. <laughs> I've heard so many just idiotic responses to these trivia questions. Just just pure filth. I feel like I don't even know motorsport anymore. <laughs> but Matt is correct. Matt's 100% correct. Is it really? The back wow. marker is the team or the driver at the back of the grid that is getting lapped by the good team and slash driver. And I got to tell you, Matt, you're our winner today. Congratulations. Wow. You are. I Googled it. <laughs> you really have a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. You've I wasn't. Oh, that's He's holding his phone up with the Google search results. Wow. Sorry. What a jerk. You win. Uh, we've got a zero tolerance policy. We do. We do. I just, you know, <laughs> I should have known because Matt's Matt's answer actually had too many like F one. Yeah, like, back of the like, field. Yeah, back of the <laughs> back of the grid, back of the field. I was yeah. like, wow, like Matt's really he's wearing this like a glove. It fits perfectly. I didn't have time to plagiarize properly and put my own words in. Okay, <laughs> I had to 
I had to, I had to, I had to answer by the seat of my ass. I had to read exactly what I had from my phone. I'm sorry that I degraded the game. My apologies. I, I withdraw from the competition. Yes. No, you can't. You can't. Much like the very controversial ending to the 2021 F1 season, where Max Verstappen won a race that probably was mishandled by the the stewards and the race director. He's the champion. He was declared the champion. There was no official appeal. I declared Matt the champion. I didn't know he cheated. I didn't know he banged backmarker. Am I betrayed? Absolutely. I am. am I entertained? 100%. Yes. He's still the champion. I definitely go. So, I'm sorry, so Tony. Be traced back. Yeah, yeah, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with the decision. I'm not happy with the way that competition unfolded. I'm not happy that Matt won. But God damn it, do I respect you, Matt. I did. I couldn't even tell you were Googling something. Congratulations on your yeah, win. I had my phone right behind the camera of my computer. <laughs> Am I looking at you? No. See, good for me, though. This guy I can tell. does things that this guy doesn't do. My eyes kind of do their own things. <laughs> you got to appreciate someone who's willing to do whatever it takes to win. And that's what you, that's what you display today. I spent almost 34 years having not great vision and not being able to hit a curveball, but it paid off tonight with my win in this competition, being able to use my birthmark on my eye to distract from the fact that I was Googling the answer. I only Googled that one answer. I didn't Google anything else. Well, everything else was flat wrong. So maybe I was, maybe a slow game, slow play. Slow God help us if you Google that. Awesome. Well, that concludes this week's edition of David's Racing Corner. Appreciate you guys playing ball and uh, getting those hilariously wrong. I, that was that was very fun. Thank you for Thank educating you. us and humiliating us at the same time. We appreciate it. I love that I'm a pole sitter and that Tony's a back marker and just where we're, just where we're at. <laughs> and um, you know, Tony's probably going to shunt at some point here in the next uh, you know couple minutes. But I've shunted okay. three times since we've been recording. So you started off as a tank slapper and then you shunted. So all right. Thank you, David. Any parting words, guys? The Whiskey Flick Podcast, starring me, Terrence Dunn. New episode drops soon and it will be die hard we'll be talking about die hard come and talk come and hear us talk about die hard and uh watch along drink some whiskey with us come on a journey can't wait available we're all podcasts are available looking forward to the games this weekend only one of our teams is left that would be the rams if i didn't have to sing you know if they could lose and i could get out of singing that would be great but um but yeah i'm beholden to that pick so you know, I wish the Rams nothing but the best. Yep. Matt Stafford doesn't look like a huge flaming piece of crap these days, which is shocking. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. If you have not done so already, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast player of choice and follow us on Twitter at 58WKingPodcast and at GrahamTheMan69. I think I'm getting close to 5,000 tweets. I got 100 to go now. And about 12, maybe 13 of those are really good. So please go check those out. We will return with a surgical thorough breakdown of the Pro Bowl next week or the Super Bowl. I think next week we should do a breakdown of coaching jobs that have been taken, coaching jobs that are vacant. We should do some real deal NFL stuff okay. and look at some of the uh, coaching carousel, GM carousel that's going around. It's a nice little non-football, but football break. Get us a little hot and bothered for off-season talk while also not talking about the Pro Bowl because I don't want to talk about the Pro Bowl. Well, maybe. We've talked about that a little bit. You'll have to tune in and see if it's the Pro Bowl, if it's the Super Bowl, or if it's the head coach carousel. That's it for us, for Matt, for David, for the entire team here at the 58 West King headquarters. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.
before you intro the podcast, I have a, a hypothetical question that I want to ask both of you, and it should make it into the podcast. It's fantasy related. What are your thoughts on somebody who has a team in a, a dynasty team? Okay. in fantasy and does some dumb shit with his roster, right? Trades for some players that aren't very good, drops some players that aren't very good and, and basically builds a roster that's that there's no way this roster is going to contend to win. And it also doesn't have a, a whole lot of resources to help it win beyond this year. And then just leaves that, that manager just leaves his league. How do you feel about that? Unforgivable. Right. So why is Sean Payton getting any sort of like, <laughs> yeah, Sean Payton's like, let's pay Taysom Hill a bunch of money. Let's get all this cap space. And then by the way, Could you hear us? Yeah, I could hear you guys. I can still hear you guys fine. Oh. I feel like I am falling behind like this technology boom at a very high rate. TikTok, barely understand Instagram. I don't know what an NFT is. I don't know what the metaverse is. You know what an NFT is. Nate was telling me you can buy real estate in metaverse, in the metaverse. In the metaverse. I don't, yeah, don't, do I don't even think anyone knows how to buy real estate in like the normal verse. <laughs> this way, the housing market and the real estate market skyrocketed so fast that they're now tricking people to buy real estate online, yeah. <laughs> like online real estate that resides only online. David stepped away to use the restroom. So he's not here to defend himself. He's already made a statement. I think three times that he's not losing this. He's not losing. So, I can fudge the numbers. I, mean, I have, I have, the, I have the ability to fudge. I'm just numbers. saying he's, he's reverse jinxing himself, right? He's doing, he's totally losing this. Yeah. I've, so I know you and Josh have had, a lot of success with the first jinx. Mm-hmm. Me personally, not so much. No. Like when I got pulled over for DUI, I was like, I'm totally getting a DUI right now. And I totally and you got did. a DUI. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse jinx was not on then. Oh man. When I flipped my car, I was like, I'm not gonna flip my car. And then I flipped my car. <laughs> and I was like, oh <laughs> didn't work out there either. Damn. You didn't say you weren't gonna flip your car. Who says that? Were you mid flip? I was uh I was commenting on how Tony and Josh have had a lot of success with reverse change i have not like when i got my dui oh you heard it all okay i heard you i (laughs) i have uh wireless headphones i have bluetooth headphones so while i couldn't defend myself i could hear you talk while i was peeing which (laughs) it's quite quite the ambiance two things how dare you wear wireless bluetooth headphones that are hidden by your hair i'm not comfortable with this either you walk away from the tv screen we say whatever we say you were touching yourself really, and listening to our voices at the same time. I don't remember reviewing your contract and knowing that you were going to be able to hear us without <laughs> us knowing you could hear us. I was really hoping you guys would step in it and say some horrible shit about me, but uh, you guys are actually really good friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate that. Of course, man. I'm touched. I can't stress enough. I, I don't feel comfortable with you touching yourself and listening to our voices at the same time. Those two things should not be happening, David. That's not a problem. Not a problem for me at all. That's a huge problem. Or is it a small problem? Is it a medium problem? How big of a problem? It's not. It's not a problem. It's a normal thing that good buddies do. Normal, Tony. Every conversation, every phone conversation we've ever had, every single one. Ready to get your mind blown? My (laughs) is a. Oh my god! Boom! (laughs) 